0: This is Fight Disciples We are gathered here today For the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk
1: Hello, I'm Adam and I'm Nick, and welcome to episode 29 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This week we are concentrating on the world of boxing because the wait is over. That's right, pre-season is done. We are ready for the big boys to kick on off, and it gets underway uh, this weekend. And to be fair, Nick, it doesn't get bigger than this as a season opener. This is like the this is like uh, the El Clásico, first game of the season, isn't it? Straight in, no messing about. Let's have it.
2: It's just. You know, it's what the game's all about, isn't it? It's what the sport's all about. It's super fights. Big fights involving big champions, both undefeated. One guy's jumping up a couple of weight divisions. You know, it's it's perfect. What a perfect way to start off the new boxing season.
1: What do you make of uh, the jump up of, of weight divisions? Because I, when you when we always first hear it, or well, someone's going up from 147 to 160, you get a little bit worried for the guy. However, everything I've watched on TV over the last two weeks... He looks absolutely massive and natural at that weight
2: as well. He does. He looks good. Yeah, he looks good, Kel. And um, you know that's got to give him a bit of confidence, hasn't it? The fact that you know, because when it was first made, first thing I did is look the height, because I thought you either got the height to grow into it or you haven't. Well, I think Triple G's an inch, maybe yeah. an inch and a half yeah, taller yeah, yeah. than Kel. That's it. So there's not a lot in it. The only concern, of course, is the fact that Kel, you know, he's he's um, he's an active fighter. He's an active. You know he's an active, uh, an active welterweight his whole career. So to move up not one but two weight divisions at such, you know just because opportunity strikes like this, it's it, he's taking a risk. But at the end of the day, you know high risk high reward. Mm-hmm. So when you compare uh, when
1: you compare the pictures of his last fight against uh, Bizier when he went on the scales weighing in at one four seven yeah. compared to his check weight, I think his check weight were about one six eight something like that. So he's got to get down to one sixty still yet, but. He looks gaunt. I'd never noticed it before because I just thought, oh, he's well weight. That's just the way he is. But he looks so drained in his face. He looks kind of ill at one four seven. Now he yeah. looks like he's fully hydrated, fully, fully like a proper. Oof, I wouldn't like to mess with that fella. You know what I mean?
2: I agree. Yeah, because no, it reminded me of it. Kind of reminded me of um, of the change in Conor McGregor. If you look back yeah. now to Conor McGregor when he fought Jose Aldo yeah. for the featherweight, he looks ill, doesn't he? He might. He looks absolutely weight drained, and you just think, "How did you manage to pull your socks on this morning?" Never mind, throw some fists tomorrow. <laughs> when you look at him now, you know since he's fought twice now at welterweight, uh, he looks like he looks perfectly natural. There's still not an ounce of fat on him, and you think, "And Kel Brooks the same? He doesn't look like there's an ounce of fat on him. He looks great." Yeah. Obviously, what we're going to find out on Saturday night is whether it's going to be like the, like Conor McGregor's first fight, whereas he you know punched himself out in one round and then got finished in the second round, or like his second fight where his tactics are right, he goes the distance and wins on points. It's kind of the same deal with Kel Brook this weekend. Mm.
1: Let's hear from I Kel, because we, uh, I, I well, we caught up with him uh, right when this fight was made, right at the start of yeah. it, the excitement about it, the daring to be great interview. If you've not heard it, it's in full on the Fight Disciples podcast. Go and have a little bit of a nosy. But here's a little clip regarding his thought process of why he went and took this fight.
0: I got this message. Do you want the Golovkin fight? <laughs> you know, and I had, to, I had to double double check my phone and say, "You know,
1: is this message it, for me?"
0: This-, <laughs> this message, you know, my April folder is it? So, <laughs> so straight away, you know, I said, "Go on the phone and make that fight, then make that fight." You know, all, all all the fighters. You even get the, you even get Canellos of the world. You know, giving the title up yeah you know, not to fight Golovkin. you know they've been they've been close to getting getting their fight you know made before, but you know Canelo seems to not want the fight you know me instantly. I want the big fights like you just mentioned earlier, you know, I'm not following me on, but you know the opposition has has not been in my class, but I've had to find me mandatory I've had to fight who they put in front of me
1: were you think were you thinking? Already about stepping up anywhere because, like you said, one four seven, mate. Everybody's frightening you. They won't step in. They won't get. They don't want to face Kelbrook's power at that weight. So were you already thinking maybe I've got to go to one five four? Maybe I've got to go to one sixty if I want to get myself a proper fight?
0: You know, it was looking like that. It was looking like that. It's it's really hard. There's a lot of politics, you know, in this one four seven. Where what which fighters on? You know what what you know what promoters. Uh, control, you know the other world yeah. champions, and it's you know it's it is it, hard to actually get the fights made, you know. So obviously it's, this fight's a you know, it's a big risk for me. I'm doing two weight divisions, you know, because I will fight absolutely anybody, you know. I I'm, I want to be in you know in fan, his, his, historic fights. I want to do what the greats have done, you know. I've only got a short window opportunity and I wanna be in I wanna be in them fights where the world stops still. Everyone's talking about this fight and that's exactly what I wanna do. You know, the fans pay our wages and I wanna give the fans something but I wanna give them the best fights possible, you know, and this fight, uh triple G, you know, versus bro, two you know, two two fighters what are unbeaten, you know, the best fighters in their division are coming together and, put, and putting it all on the line. do not get much bigger,
1: does it? No, it doesn't at all, mate. And you've just mentioned the un, uh, the unbeaten champion factor of this, right? I don't think, mm-hmm. to my knowledge, Triple G has been in with an unbeaten champion before. He's been in with unbeaten fighters, I think one or two, but not an unbeaten champion. That kind of swears the mentality in your favour in a way. Because unlike Amir Khan Canelo, Amir was... He knew what it felt like to be chin. No disrespect to him, but he did. He, uh, uh, Danny Garcia, uh, Brody Prescott, we know he knew what it felt like. So it was kind of one of those, well, it's all right if I get chin. It's happened to me before. You, you've not been in that situation, so you don't know what that is. Your only, your only mentality is going in and chinning people. So yeah. that, that kind of, that for the fan, you get, to, you get a little bit of a gist going, this is a bit tasty because Kel's not been there before. He's going to go in there and try and win this properly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've I've never I've never been beat before. You know, I'm I'm a world champion, I've got a world champions mentality. And and what people don't don't realise is Amir mean Khan were eating up to the weight, you know, I'm still I've still got to come down to make middleweight. I'm a huge, huge with middleweight. I'm gonna be, you know, the same size as Golovkin, if if not bigger, yeah. believe it or not. You know, well, he's
1: he's not a big middleweight, is it? I mean, you were you're a big welter, but he's not a big middleweight. And I I thought when they, when it was made, it makes a lot of sense because you'd be quite similar in size on on fight night.
0: We're going to be similar in, in you know in a lot of ways. You know, he's not never fought anybody like me ever. You know, now I've got I've got a world champion. You know, mentality. I'm going go in there. You know, I've seen every style. You know, the there is in the school the old school. You know, I'm, I'm I'm going in there. You know, we. we you know, to, to to take to take his world title off him. You know, this is this is my time to show the world. You know, I'm gonna go in there. He's not gonna face anybody like me. I'm gonna bring things what he's not he's not seen before. You know, the heart, determination, and the will to win like a world champion.
1: How's the how's the strength and power at this weight, mate? You're carrying it quite well.
0: I'm carrying it very well. You know, I'm, I'm I'm bringing this. You know, I'm not I'm the speed. the speed's not being lost, but yep. the power's gained. So I'm going to be an absolute monster at one (laughs) Do you know
1: something? The the belts... I I kind of get the gist when I speak to you. The belts are irrelevant in this fight. This is about legacy, isn't it?
0: This is about legacy. This is about... You know, it's about... To get the belts is about... You know, this is about two two guys that, you know, are so determined on winning, you know, with massive hearts and the will to win. You know, this, this fight, you know, there's going to be fireworks in this fight, everything in this fight, there's going to be so much drama in this fight it's going to be an amazing, you know, battle In essence, these
1: two men are in the same position, would you agree that uh, nobody wanted to fight GGG at 160 nobody wanted to fight Kel at 147 so therefore someone's got to give somewhere so uh, it's inevitable that something like Kel stepping up two weight divisions to get himself the
2: super fight was going to happen Completely, and when you look at the records as well, they're so similar you know, Triple G's thirty five. I know. Yep. Kel's thirty six. I know. Yeah. You know, you're right. They are the they're the avoided men in their respective weight classes. So you know, why not make it happen? But listen, we've been talking about you know ever since that episode that we did with Kel, and even prior to it. You know, what have we been talking about all, for the last year about Kel Brook? Yeah. He needs he needs a legacy fight. He needs. We a thought it was going to
1: be a Amir Khan, didn't we? That's what yeah. we thought it was going to be.
2: Completely, yeah. And obviously Amir did his own thing. He stepped up there to be great against Canelo. He fell short ultimately. Cal Brook does the same thing this weekend and it's got all the ingredients that it, it kinda of when you look at it that way, it's a it's a win win fight for Cal Brook because all he's gotta do is do himself justice on Saturday night and then suddenly the call for the Amir Khan fight is louder than ever before. Mm. And suddenly Amir Khan can no longer say Cel Brook's not a big fight for me because nobody knows who he is. Everybody's gonna know who Brook is on Saturday night.
1: Well, he's got his work cut out for him. I've just been looking at the stats for Triple G, right? He's won 32 of his 35 by knockout. He's won his last 22 by knockout. And he's yeah. never been on the deck in 375 fights amateur and pro. He's not going to knock him out, is he? <laughs> if he no. wins it, he's going to win it in 12.
2: Yeah, that's that's how Kell Brook wins this fight, 100%. You know, it goes the distance. He dances around, Triple G... Somehow he manages to find space in a in a in a ring against basically one of the guys with the best footwork you've ever seen in boxing, mm. uh, certainly of this generation. Anyway, so it's going to be incredibly tough for Kel Brook to win this fight. We all know that, but that's how he's if he's going to do it. That's how he's going to do it. He certainly ain't going to stop Triple G. Um, and what he's got to try and do is just stay out the way of Triple G's big bombs, obviously, because we know the guy's got heavy hands. That said, that said, you know, let's be honest here. Triple G has never fought a guy with the kind of record that Kelbrook's got. Yeah, He's never fought a guy who's 36-0. He's never fought a guy that's a multiple-time world champion with multiple world title defences. He's never fought a guy of this level. Now, that may not be Triple G's fault. It may be the fact that he is the most avoided middleweight on the planet. Or... It may not be that case. You know, it's a completely different kettle of fish for for Triple G. And I know Triple G says this all the time. He always pays respect to his opponents. He always says this guy's the toughest fight in my career. But I'll be honest. In some ways, it is because Kel Brook will be roared by the crowd. He'll be feeling super strong and super confident because he hasn't had to cut weight. All that all that time and energy you burn cutting weight down, that's gone. He's not got that in his camp now. Okay, We know Triple G doesn't struggle either because he basically walks around at this weight yeah. class, as the last few weeks have proven, where Kell Brook has actually weighed in bigger. But for me, Kell Brook's got a great chance to define his himself and set up a huge fight with Amir Khan. That's what I think this fight's all about. What about I, this psychology? Sort of
1: Obviously, of Kelbrook never been beat before. All, all, all Gennady's previous opponents, okay, yes, he's fought undefeated fighters, but as you've mentioned, he hasn't fought world champions before. He hasn't fought guys that have smashed the, the elite before. Kelbrook's gone. Into the into America to become a world champion. He's defended his crown, all right, at one four seven. He hasn't really fought anybody since in that two years of being a world champion, but that's because nobody wants to fight him because he is that good. He's undefeated in thirty-six, as you've already said. He's going in there thinking, I don't know what it's like to get beat, so let's just go and have
2: it. Exactly. And that you know, and don't forget, okay, it's in the UK, which is fantastic. It's what we want, you know, and Kel's gonna be driven by that. The fans will get right behind him, I hope, and I'm sure they will. You know, Martin Murray said this as well in, in, when it, when, I, when I spoke to him recently. Martin Murray said that you know, it, for every every quality that Triple G has got, what he said was he said, as the fight wore wore on, I felt he was getting desperate. I felt he was desperately trying to finish me. Now, this is a guy, Triple G. You know, he is basically like the savior of uh, you know Eastern European boxing. Yeah. If you like him and Lomachenko are the futures. Like, the Klitschko's are on the way out. These guys are the future. This is a guy that's on as we know, a 35-0 run, he's on something ridiculous like a 20-KO run or whatever yeah, it yeah. is, up at world-class. The pressure on him to finish a guy that is naturally two weights lower than him, two weights lighter than him, is going to be immense on Saturday night. And once it gets to round seven, once it gets to round eight, if Kel can can keep it going that long, Triple G will start getting he's got the pressure on him to finish Kel Brook is probably gonna be higher than any of his previous opponents. And that may well fall into into Kel's hands if Kel can stay on his bike, pepper in shots and pinch rounds.
1: Well you mentioned Martin's name there. He obviously did a special for us a bit back. We spoke about Triple G. First question was was he the best that you've ever been in a ring Wii? And the second question was, how'd you go about beating him? This is what he had to say. I know this is a daft question. Is he the best you've been in Wii? Yeah. By far,
3: yeah. And what is it when you get in there? What is it that su- just su- surprises far, you a taxi? Obviously, I've fought Abraham, Stern, Martinez. Mm. Martinez, when I fought was number two or three, part of a pound in the world. Mm. Um, but sports got, personality here as well in Argentina. Sport, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went there, I went to the awards. It was uh, that was an experience, but uh, yeah, he beat Messi. Messi got two, he got number one, so obviously, he was like a god when we went over. Anniversary of Falklands World as well, 30th anniversary. You're never winning that yeah, fight. What are you doing, never, you nutcase? I know, mate, I know. I know. <laughs> but it's you just. You put him of, on his backside twice as I well. Know, but it's, it's just one of them, and it, it was. I, we knew that if it had gone 12, but we thought we'd go over there and, and, and finish and it before finish then. it. Yeah. But you know what? In hindsight, I wouldn't be telling this story if I did, so you know, everything happens for a reason. But I mean, yeah, by, by far, he's just. Um, Speed? Movement. His range, his distance, his power—you um you know, every every, every shot. It's just the way he throws it. His technique, every shot is is an hard. He shot. makes it count every time. He makes it count every time. He takes a shot well. He's got a great engine. Don't give you any rest. The way you beat him is pushing him back. Mm. But it it it's, it's getting, getting the opportunity to do He's Physically it? strong enough, yeah, and can set what he's got to give and who can do that at middleweight. I don't think. I personally don't think it, it can. Um, th- there's anyone out there who can do it. Is Kel Brook big enough, in your opinion? What you've seen this week is
1: he big enough?
2: He's big enough to to go six rounds, yes, but he's not big enough to force Triple G back, and that's the problem. Well, what about that's the problem?
1: If if, if the the danger is when you put in weight on, or he will say that he's not putting weight on. This is his natural weight; he's not had to trim down, but he's not used to fighting at this particular weight there's a danger of him gassing out in those later rounds. If he uh, is high intensity for six, seven, eight rounds, nine, 10, 11, 12 rounds, when it gets to the championship rounds, there's a danger that he's going to run out of gas. Triple G walks around at this weight. He's not going to go anywhere. We saw that because he took Martin to the 11th round before he stopped him.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the the best physiques, uh, Anthony Joshua aside, well, saying that, we haven't seen Anthony Joshua go past six rounds, really. Mm. But, you know, the best physiques don't necessarily make the best fighters. You know, uh, that muscle mass... Sucks up, burns up lactic acid, you know, and that can be a problem later on the rounds, and that's something Kel hasn't really had to deal with before. You know, he's never had this much muscle mass going into a fight. You know, let's face it, the cards are heavily stacked against Kel Brook this weekend. I think the big problem for me is the fact that Golovkin, from what we've heard, you know from the stories about him in the gym. He doesn't just knock out middleweights, he knocks out light heavyweights. Mm. You know, he he's got incredibly heavy hands. Abel his Sanchez is Abel immense. Sanchez
1: says that he's the heaviest hitter that he's ever had and he's looked after some of the top heavyweights.
2: Exactly. It's immense, you know, and a lot of that isn't necessarily size. It's it's about speed and technique. Yeah. It's about timing and technique, you know. Mm. He's so he's so proficient at what he does. He's got every shot in his arsenal, you know. Again, Martin Murray he said that he trained specifically to stop Golovkin's left hook to the body. So what did Golovkin do? He hit him with the right hook to the body. Well, Martin Murray hadn't prepared for that because that wasn't, you know, running up to the fight, looking at the tape, that wasn't Golovkin's punch. Golovkin liked the other side, but he just switched it. This is how natural a guy is. I was going to ask you that. any it, punch in he's got the got. He seems to have a variety
1: of arsenal, doesn't he? You can put so many people within a fight. I I, I once saw uh, Pauline Malignaggi giving a a breakdown on on Golovkin. And his breakdown basically was, if you're in a fight and someone loves throwing, for example, the uppercut, right? Then you, if you're good and you're quick and you're a counter puncher, you will get used to when it's coming, you'll see the signs and therefore you'll be able to counteract it. However, if he throws... The uppercut. Then he follows it by a cross. Then he follows it by a hook. Then he follows it by to the body. Then he goes upstairs. You thinking to yourself? I don't know how to counter punch this because I don't know what's coming next.
2: Exactly, and that's that's what everybody says about Golovkin. You know, they all say yes, he was the hardest puncher they have ever faced. But behind that, the first thing they always say is it's relentless. Mm. You know, it's it's not necessarily he's not the kind of guy. You know, it's not going to be like I don't think it's going to be like Canelo versus Amir Khan. It's not just going to be one shot and over. You know, I don't see no. that happening on yeah. Saturday night. What I see it being is just too much pressure from Golovkin. Mm. You know, exact uh, I watched this Martin Murray fight. I watched this other fights, You know, I watched his last fight against Dominic Wade when he did get the clean knockout the David Lemo fight. You know, I've been I've been looking at all these fights for the last few weeks, and it's the same thing. It's he cuts the ring down so well, he doesn't give his opponents yeah. the chance to catch the breath. You know, they never get the opportunity to kind of take a deep breath and go, okay, he's just hit me with a good shot, right? Now, my game plan, what am I doing? He doesn't give you that opportunity. It's relentless. And I think, you know, his, his fitness probably doesn't get the credit it deserves as well, Triple G. He's based in Big Bear in California, which, as we know, has, has been the home to so, training camps of so many elite fighters over the years and he's kind of made that his own now you know he's taking it to this generation mm. and I think Big Bear the reason why people go to Big Bear is it's because it's so high up you've got the climate you've got the, two and you know, half the thousand altitude feet. it's
1: 2,500 feet above sea exactly. level exactly
2: so if you're training up there if you're training for 12 rounds up there at the, at the pace he probably sets by the time he comes down to normal level over here in the UK to face Kel Brook you know, Twelve rounds is easy, feel, isn't it? Exactly. He's just gonna feel like he's got a jet engine on his back, and that's obviously <laughs> a major problem for Kelbrook.
1: What do you make of the WBA not sanctioning this fight as a as a world title fight? IBF WBC, they've given it the thumbs up. Yeah, we're okay with it. Uh, but the WBA, for health reasons, have, this, have said Kell Brook is not a natural middleweight, uh, therefore we're not sanctioning this as a world title fight. I think that's slightly unfair. Have they got a vested interest in keeping Golovkin as their middleweight champion, just in case it does go against him on the night?
2: Well, the, potentially that's what it could be. You know, there's, you know, it's, um, you know, obviously Kell is the IBF world champion down at welterweight. So you don't know whether there's a little bit of politics involved as well, you know, that they kind of, you know, they don't want their WBA middleweight champion to lose to the IBF welterweight champion. So there may well be a little bit of daft politics involved. And you know what? There may well be genuine concern there as well, you know. I don't know the full background in terms of who the leading contender is at W in the WBA for Golovkin. Perhaps there's a little bit of fiction there. Maybe they wanted him to take that fight first. But facts are facts. You know, th- this is Triple G. This guy struggles to get opponents, as we know. People don't mm. want to fight him. They everyone talks a good fight when Triple G's matched up, but when he's unmatched, as we well know, you know. Um, everyone runs for cover nobody says a word it's only when he's actually got a fight booked that everyone comes out the woodwork and suddenly <laughs> wants to fight Triple G again yeah, yeah. you know it, it's easier said than done so um, you know at the end of the day the WBC the IBF and, and most importantly uh, and sorry and the IBO belts. You know, there's three world title belts on the mm. line the weekend that won't bother Kell Brook one iota and probably won't bother Triple G one iota either it's one less governing body to take their percentage out of absolutely, the anyway, yes yeah.
1: so. absolutely the good thing for Kel is yes okay He is daring to be great, and the odds are heavily stacked against him. But people have overcome such adversities before. I mean, it's been referred to so many times, the 1987 fight where Sugar Ray Leonard comes out of retirement to beat Marvin Hagler, who's not been beaten for 11 years. Okay. Mm We are mentioning uh, Sugar Ray Lennon and Kel Brook there in the same bracket. Maybe that's a little bit too early. But my point with that is, is that at every fight, every great fighter had a defining moment. The one that switched everybody on and went, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. And this is the opportunity now for Kelbrook Brook to, to make us feel like that in 10, 20 years from now. We will be turning back. If Kel Brook is a great, we'll be turning back and say, do you remember when he did Golovkin?
2: Oh, 100%. This is the, this is that legacy fight that we've been dreaming about, that Kel's been dreaming about. That's why they didn't turn this down. That's why they jumped at the opportunity. You know, Kel's had 36 world title fights, yet he could probably walk down the street in Las Vegas and 99% of the mm. people walking past him wouldn't even know who he is. It's a guy who's 36 and 0. The problem is he's not fought outside of the UK enough. He's not fought, and it's, you know, I'm not blaming Kel for this, but he's not fought the level of opponent that would even define him. As the greatest welterweight of his era, and yet you know he's been welterweight champion for five or six years now. He's made multiple world title defenses of this world title. Yet most people wouldn't rank him as the number one welterweight in the world. That's no that's not against him. He's been trying to get fights. He's just been the the, the on the outside of the goldfish bowl, as we know. It's all been happening in the states. It's all been happening one step ahead of him. This is his chance to catch up. Not, not In fact, not even catch up, skip ahead of everybody else in the welterweight division. And that's what I meant earlier on when I said, this is a defining fight in his career. Do I think he'll win? No, I don't. I don't think this will be the moment where he says, wow, kelbrook Brook now goes on a par with, you know, with the greatest of all time in terms of this upsets, incredible yeah. upsets, you know, but what it does is it, it brings the likes of Amir Khan to the table. It brings other super welterweights to the table as well. This could put him on the map in terms of being a big ticket seller, and then the rest of his career pushes on. Which is why I think, which is why in my mind, I can kind of, I've got an idea how the fight's gonna go based on that assessment.
1: There is an undercard to this fight, however. <laughs> however is that? Yeah, there is. Um, I'm I, I'm going to be dead honest, and even though we've got people on there that we're very fond of, we've covered in the past that we've talked to, and you class them as uh, acquaintances, I suppose. I'm genuinely not bothered in the undercard. I, I will watch it, of course I will, with the likes of Paul Smith Jr. being on there, Callum, his brother, on there. Of course. Um, there's a good fight, actually, for Charlie Edwards. That's probably the one that stands out for me. I know that people will talk Haskins and Stuart Hall as a domestic yeah, dust-up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like that one. That's yeah, a, that's it a is good match, obviously, but I like that one. Yeah. It
1: is good, but Charlie Edwards, he's been given a great opportunity to become world champ on the undercard against jean riel Casimiro, which I think yeah. is a good fight. Maybe Maybe slightly out of his depth, Charlie, another underdog story, but... If he pulls that off, that will lift the crowd even higher before the Haskins Hall fight.
2: Their confidence as well, you know, that MGM corner. Yeah, I you believe know, so, yeah. Danny Vaughan's is coaching, out, coaching out there in Marbella. And from what I've heard, Charlie Edwards has been looking sensational in the gym. And he hasn't put a foot in wrong yet as a pro. So I fancy, you know, I fancy that could be you know, unfortunately, if that's the big upset on the fight, there certainly won't be another one at the top of the bill. So, fingers crossed for Charlie Edwards. It's a great chance. You know, you don't take. At the end of the day, the flyweight division, as we know, there's no real depth there anyway. Mm. You know, so when these opportunities come along, you take them with both hands. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Callum Smith back in action as well. Obviously, uh, Callum Smith's a, a sensational prospect. So uh, I'd love to see him do the business. He's got a, a decent opponent at the weekend as well. I don't know much more BBC, about uh, so.
1: Nemi... What's his name? Nemi Sapati? Is that Norbert. how you pronounce it? I Nor- just call him Norbert. Norbert. The guy's called Norbert, call Norbert yeah. man. He's not going to be... We Callum Smith, he ain't gonna be there for much long, is he? So therefore, if you if you are thinking of watching the Callum Smith fight, make sure you're there from the first second because it might not go uh more than six minutes. You know what he's Golden like. Nordic. He gets in there and messes it out, he's like a dick called Norbert. Stop it.
2: He is, but the kid's not bad, you know. The kid's only pretty young himself and he's got a decent record, twenty one and three. Only been stopped once, he's got sixteen knockouts on his record, you know, it's So do you think I this is see, this is a good a, test believe...
1: before he gets a shot at the WBC champ?
2: Uh, it's a it's a calculated opponent. Let's okay. say that you know. I looked at Norbert. I've seen a a, t- a clip of him on YouTube, and he's not he's no mug. You know, he, he's certainly a, a a decent test for Callum Smith at this stage, i.e., when there's a world title fight around the corner. And you don't want to throw, you know. The baby out with the bathwater, let's say. It's mm-hmm. a good opponent for Callum Smith. And uh, as always, Callum's just good to watch, isn't he? Because you know, yeah, What I like good. about Callum Smith, he always looks like he's improved. He always looks like he's moved forward. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what he's got now as he's on the cusp of a world title fight, you know, what, he's, what he's truly capable of again. Exciting. Alright okay.
1: then, before we clear off, uh, predictions for this weekend. We won't go yep. through the hole in the car because we'll bore everybody to death. Let's just go for the top one. Triple G, Kelbrook, how's this going to pan out? I want rounds, I want how it's going to end, go for it.
2: Uh, I'm going to go for Kelbrook's going to win the first round.
1: Is that it?
2: I think I think he wins the first round, he dances, he moves great, we all get super excited Golovkin, you know, lands one or two hefty shots, but all in all, I think Kell's going to pinch the first round, and we're going to get all, you know, inspired by it. Then, unfortunately, I think as the as the fight progresses, I think obviously Golovkin's just going to be too strong for him. I think he's just going to close the ring down a bit too quickly. He's going to hammer away a bit too much. And my prediction, unfortunately, I can see Brooks Corner Brooks Corner stopping the fight. I think they'll stop the fight between. Seven and nine rounds. I think they'll throw the towel in. Just to, because he doesn't need to get he doesn't need to get stopped. He doesn't need to get beat up by Golovkin. I think seven or eight rounds will be enough for us to see that, you know, this guy's on a bit of a different level, he's a bit too big. And you? It's what good, do you think?
1: That's a good shout. That is a good shout. Um this is only going one of two ways, right? I know that sounds obvious that one of two men will either win this fight, but I'm gonna give you the, the ways, okay? Golovkin, If Golovkin wins, Golovkin wins by knockout. I think he, he stops him. Mm-hmm. If Kelbrook wins, he wins on points. So I flipped a coin earlier on and it came out on the one that I genuinely didn't think would happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to just appease my uh, the, uh, coin toss by saying Kelbrook to win. Wow. Ow. Split decision. Wow! There you go. That's what I'm doing. Okay. I, 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 good stuff.
2: I'm probably similar. My, my, you're so patriotic. Yeah, I know. You're my, so patriotic. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this podcast for about a year are now. And you always back. Them, and don't you're I? always back. The British lads. I love it. It's so. It's so. You know. You're such a such a good guy. That's it. Man.
1: I like it. I've Keep our ri- guests
2: happy. I've got. To, I've got to be
1: right sometime, <laughs> have not
0: I? <laughs> Next time with the Fight Disciples
1: uh, from the 0 two arena, where Callum Smith and Paul Smith are in action, we turn to Beefy. Because he has got an absolute ding-dong in Dallas on his hands. We thought that Triple G and Kell Brook might be amazing. It probably will be. But if this is anything to go by, the second week of the new season is something to uh, lick our lips, in it, Nick? Canelo and Beefy in Dallas for the £154 title.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.